Well, good morning, church. Um, one of the uh, exciting announcements I get to give this morning is related to um, our reopening service, which will be next Sunday, Lord willing, uh, June 21st at 3 p.m. at the Fairview Christian School. Um, now we're going to have a, a time of setup for that on Saturday morning at 8 a.m., and um, I'll give more details about that this week. Um, for those who'll be serving for setup, we're going to look in, and aim to do that on Saturday so that we're all set up um, for the uh, service on, and we can do like a run through so we know what we're looking at on Sunday at 3 p.m. So the service will be at 3 p.m. because they're doing some uh, work and some construction um, around that area that's going to need, it's going to cause us to not be able to meet at 10 a.m. Um, right in the beginning. So we're hoping that we'll be able to resume a 10 a.m. service um, a little bit later on in the summer. Um, and we'll, we'll keep you updated on that as well. We're going to be continuing, Lord willing, our live stream for the church service um, next week. We'll be having our live stream from the Fairview Christian School uh, Sunday at 3. For, for any of you who uh, can't make it to the service uh, we want to do everything we can to, to serve you so that you are continued uh, to be fed God's word. And so um, just love you, church. Looking forward to being together with you again. It's exciting, isn't it? And I can't wait uh, to be there together with you. Um, if you can open up your Bibles now to Ephesians chapter 4. And um, as you're opening up your um, Bibles... I want to uh, just ask you to, you know, pray for us as we're, you know, planning the service for June 21st. God's very kindly, you know, given us a, a temporary location where we can meet as a local church. That was very kind of God. And the room, wonderfully, is is very wide. It's, it's air-conditioned. It's a beautiful uh, gymnasium at the Fairview Christian School. And I can't wait for you to meet it because... Uh, it, it's it's beautiful inside. I think we're going to be uh, very comfortable there. The bathroom facilities are excellent. Um, so looking forward to gathering together there with you. Um, you know, and as we as we do that, I want to just invite you just to pray for us. You know, as a as a church family, because you know, as you make a transition to something new, um, it, it's it's new. It represents change. And change can just be difficult, you know, for, for all of us. And so we're going to be looking to give instructions, you know, throughout this week on just, you know, parking instructions and, and, and all those things just to guide you well into, um, you know, into the uh, facility where we'll be meeting. And I'm looking forward to gathering together with you there. So we'll, we'll be giving you more instructions this week on that. So Ephesians chapter 4. Um, we're going to read verses 1 through 5 this morning, and I've entitled the message, Walking in a Manner Worthy of the Calling. And so let's read God's word in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, 1 through 5. Let's read. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, 
eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to, uh, to gather together and uh, to hear your word preached. And Lord, thank you that even in the midst of this time with the coronavirus quarantine, we've been able as a church family to, to hear your word still. You have been good to us. You have been so kind to us. And uh, Lord, thank you for the facility that you provided for us. <clears throat> thank you also for um, just giving us, um, guiding us all along the way with your wisdom. And I pray you would guide us with your wisdom today uh, through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, when I, I mentioned a moment ago, when I saw the width of the room, um, that we're going to be meeting in, uh, Lord willing, next Sunday at three in the afternoon. Um, I saw that for the first time in person on Tuesday night, and it made me wonder if we could explore the possibility of a service where we could possibly accommodate everyone's differing perspectives on the issue of masks. And um, so we decided after um, I, I, I talked about that and saw the width of the room and I was getting the counsel from uh, the men and the women who were at the uh, walkthrough, we decided to have another collaboration meeting with our care group leaders, our assistant care group leaders and their wives, our deacons and our deacons' wives. And, um, and the counsel that they gave was just outstanding. It was excellent. And I was so thankful. I'm so thankful for the leaders in our church, the men and women who just give so much excellent godly counsel and wisdom. John and I just rely upon it. And we also had some practical solutions that were offered by people um, in our church. And I want to invite all of you into that too, church, um, you know, in the midst of, uh, you know, planning for next Sunday, God's helped us to know where we're going to meet and what time we're going to meet. The how we're going to meet in the midst of this coronavirus season um, has had just a lot of different questions. How do we do it well for the glory of God? How do we do it wisely? And I want to invite all of you, if you have uh, practical suggestions on what we can do to, uh, to really serve the entire church body well in this, um, please feel free to send them to us. We, we want all the wisdom that we can get from God's people in our church as we're seeking to lead the church as elders. Um, and we respect your perspectives and your opinions. Thank you for all of you who have already sent some things to us. Um, the leaders have been a great blessing. But as John and I, um, we're going to be meeting together with the pastors in training today at 3 p.m. We're going to be collaborating further about all the wisdom we've gleaned from the congregation Feel free to send us your thoughts. And also, I mean, most importantly for all of us, let us be in prayer that God would give us wisdom and uh, guidance 
uh, from above on exactly how he wants us to do this. Because um, as you know, there's, there's, there's so many different uh, perspectives on these things. And that's a little of what I want to talk about uh, t- this morning um, during the service, just to guide us from God's word on some uh, scriptures that, that can help us in times like this in our Christian lives. Um, so I want to invite you into giving counsel and any practical suggestions you have on. As you do, maybe if you can think, how can we accommodate all the different people, all the perspectives to the very best of our ability, um, while also respecting some of the understandable uh, restrictions and concerns coming from uh, governmental leaders in, in this time. So just try to keep all things in mind and, and as you give your input. So that'll help us most. So thank you. Um, throughout this whole entire process, as we've been seeking the Lord for, Lord, what do we do? Where do we meet? How do we do this? Those are big decisions. And I want to let you know that we have strived, you know, number one, to glorify God and to please Christ in the decision and and also to please Christ in the process of how we arrive at the decision and uh, that's our that's what we're striving to do we also um, whenever we make a decision and I think this is this applies to us as family members individual Christians but also in making decisions as a church we want to be governed by and submitted to the authority of scripture and uh, recognizing that the scriptures are sufficient um, and 100% authoritative for our lives, 100% pure, the word of God, inerrant, infallible. And, and we want to make sure that we are uh, taking our stand upon God's word and guided by God's word in all that we do, that we rely upon it for wisdom from above, even as we seek the Lord in prayer. We've also sought to get uh, the godly counsel of uh, other local churches in our area as to what they're, they're prayerfully considering doing, and also uh, churches in our region, Northeast region and Sovereign Grace, getting counsel from churches inside and outside of Sovereign Grace and a lot of churches in our area just to understand, hey, what is, what, what is the best way that others are going forward, just so we can get a multitude of counselors as well. Getting counsel on decisions is so vital because with a multitude of counsel, plans succeed, uh, Proverbs says. So, um, so that's a big part of it. But after, after all those factors are considered in, we, we want to hit our knees in prayer for any decision that we have. We want to pray and fast. And I want to just assure you, church, that prayer and fasting before the Lord is what is uh, a big burden on our hearts, John and I as elders for our church. And uh, we want to just let you know that we are really seeking the Lord's will in prayer for, for all of these things. And pray for us and enter into that prayer process with us because these kinds of decisions are not easy. They're, uh, they're, they can be very uh, difficult with a lot of different dynamics factored in. And so, and we've been aiming to make um, a decision. We're still in the process of, of deciding um, what exactly we're going to do in terms of the how we're going to meet. Um, we're going to collaborate further on that today. And then, Lord willing, sometime early in the week, uh, we're, we're hoping to give an announcement to you all and kind of what we're going to aim to do. And um, as we're doing that, I want to let you know we are going to strive for the good of all of us. Um, 
And we want to make a decision that is going to just be an absolute blessing to all of you. That's what we're striving to do, to please Christ, to stand upon the word and, and, and to pray and fast, seek the Lord, get a multitude of counsel, and also to, to make a decision in the best interest of everybody in our church. And so um, what makes this decision difficult as to what to do is we, we have good people with good reasons on both sides of the question um, in our church. We've got uh, individuals with, they have good reasons for having a differing perspective on the issue of masks. And so we want to just approach that with respect for what different perspectives are coming. And, um, you know, it's, it's one thing as you, decide to have someone over to your home for hospitality um, and you all mutually agree that no masks is fine for you and um, that you don't wear masks with each other um, or the other way around, you all mutually agree that I think we all should wear masks and then you wear masks to look out for each other in that way. That's wonderful. But when it comes to church gatherings, there are a lot more dynamics that come into play. And that's just an important point to, to, to take note of. We have potentially, you know, we've had our attendance be in the neighborhood of 170 people, 175 people, uh, men, women, and children. So we're just needing to think about it um, in, in that kind of light. And we have to take many dynamics into consideration. So it, it really requires uh, a lot of prayer. I was, uh, I was reminded this past week we had one of our... Um, assistant care group leaders wives send a great email to us and she had said to us we have heard from some people that they will not return to church if people aren't wearing masks and we have heard from other people that they will not return if they have to wear a mask so uh this is just a sister in our church and she's a blessing to us and I'm so thankful for her counsel. And that's been our experience as well. We've been hearing um, uh, both sides of that. Um, and in relation to those, those two different perspectives, and there's a lot of people in between as well, um, for people who are um, inclined to not want to wear a mask, it's important to know that uh, it may be that folks have asthma, or claustrophobia or sensory processing disorders, um, this one sister was saying. And so um, that was just a great word to help everybody recognize that in consideration of people's health, that, that wearing masks is a consideration for people's health, but also not wearing masks we need to factor in considering people's health as well and their well-being. And I do believe we as Christians are called by Jesus to look out for one another's health. Um, and we see Jesus teaching on the Good Samaritan, the, the good deeds that the Good Samaritan does to the Jew that is, that is beat up and left in the street. It, it deals with taking care of his body. And, and, and nurturing him and caring for his health. And, and you see Jesus saying, this is what a good neighbor is. And in that divide, in that culture, Samaritans were hated by the Jews. And there was a real racial divide and a, a, a real religious divide between those two groups. And Jesus is saying, here's a good neighbor. It's somebody who, who you actually 
hate in terms of Jewish culture. He was speaking to them. And, and you have a Samaritan who's willing to cross the street and he's willing to help tend to the wounds and help bind up those wounds and paying at sacrifice to his own purse uh, for the well-being and health of a, a Jewish man who was struck down in the street. And Jesus saying, you know, who's the better neighbor here? And it was a provocative message that, that cut in deep to the Jewish culture um, and, and it also instructs us that Jesus desires for us to care for one another's body. Jesus actually says later on that anyone who even gives a cup of cold water to someone in his name will not fail to lose their reward on the day of judgment. So we, we preach the gospel to people's souls, but we also want to look out for their health and their well-being as well. And that is something that we are all commanded to do by God to look out for each other's health in those ways. And of course, as, as these kinds of things are uh, considered, we all have to trust God because our health is in God's hands. And so we don't want to operate out of fear. We want to, with faith and love, look out for one another's health and well-being. And that is a scriptural call that we, what, that we all have. Other people have talked about if they, if they, uh, they don't want to wear masks because those who do wear masks and in some cases, some of the people in our church even feel this way, dizziness or the increasing of pain to their condition can happen if they do wear a mask. And so we want to be conscious of that, uh, that if somebody who, who has a condition like that um, wears a mask, it, it could lead them to almost pass out or it could lead them to also feel an increase in pain with, with a medical condition that they might be suffering from. So we want to look with compassion and health to both sides of these things. Now, on the other side of that, there, there are those of us in our church who have had family members get very sick and some have died from COVID. So we have those in our church right now who are grieving right now because of the death of loved ones due to the coronavirus. Um, and they're also in need of visiting older family members. And because you can have <clears throat> because you can have COVID prior to showing any symptoms for it, they are desiring and, and desiring for people to wear masks and they're wearing masks themselves as they're looking out for their loved one's health in Christian love. So in looking out for the health and well-being of everyone in the church and their loved ones, there are considerations in the direction of wearing a mask and considerations in not wearing a mask in a church service. So this needs to be respected by all of us in every direction. I, I want to emphasize that for all of us, no matter where we're coming from on this, we, we, we want to, as, as Ephesians chapter 4 is, is commanding us. We want to be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And what that involves is all of us with considerateness toward others, leaning into where others are coming from and respecting that in Christian love. And uh, not simply looking at it as to what matters to me, but I, I want to think, you know, as, as Philippians 2.4 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And this is one of the ways we show ourselves distinct 
as Christians. And so these, these are some guiding scriptures here today that I hope will help shape all of us as we're kind of approaching this question. And uh, it'll bring you into some of the scriptures we've been meditating on in relation to making a good, wise, biblical decision for the glory of God. I thought it would be good to bring us all into that. So um, let us respect and love each other from wherever we're coming from. And to think of everyone's perspective with a heart of compassion and love, Christian charity. And I would like to ask all of us to pray for one another. And wherever we're coming from on this personally, on this, this issue of masks, let's love one another and respect each other and care for each other for the glory of God. We must make sure that when it comes to issues like this, when there are opinions on both sides of a matter that are good opinions, that we all strive together, as Ephesians 4 says, for the unity in the spirit and the bond of peace. Because as Ephesians later says, we've got to be careful that the evil one cannot get a foothold on our hearts. And I think with matters like this, when there's disagreement, there's a way to pursue unity and to glorify God, but there's also, we got to remember the evil one is at work. Even with something like this to try to, to create bitterness in us against somebody who has a different perspective on this and to start to rip and divide. And it's crazy that you would think just kind of stepping back, like how could an issue like masks do that? But it's just the nature of things that just in the history of the church, we were talking about this last night that, that sadly there are stories. I remember Jerry Bridges years ago talking about there have been churches that have divided over the color of carpet decisions and you think, how in the world? Well, what happens is you have a decision, there's different opinions on it, and then the evil one goes to work trying to, I must have my own way on this. And, and then he starts to rip and divide a church apart. And we have to make sure, all of us, because we all have a responsibility here in Christ's community to make sure that we all strive for the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace for the glory of God. And... Um, Ephesians 1 says, let's read this together again. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, um, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. That phrase in verse 1 I love. uh, You've heard it elsewhere, too. Let's walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, Scripture says. Walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. And, um, and, and we look at the Lord, he's willing to lay his life down on the cross and, and give up his very own life in order to die on the cross for my sins. And, and, and that, that ought to be the spirit in which I walk in as a Christian towards my brothers and sisters in Christ and towards this lost world that so desperately needs to hear Jesus. Um, verse 2 gives us instruction. And remember, these are, these are commands from the Lord to to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called. Look at this, with all humility and gentleness. I love that. With all humility and gentleness. There is so much in our worldly culture, a lack of humility when it comes to giving opinions on things. There is so much in our culture a lack of gentleness. That's going to always be the way of the world. But church, I I want to appeal to us to show the world something different than all of that. 
let us, for the glory of Christ, display a different spirit to this world that so desperately needs to see the love of Christ in the lives of true, genuine Christians and not enter into, as later says in the scriptures, watch out if you keep biting and devouring one another. there's, There's this exhortation, look out, don't stop biting and devouring. I think it's possible for brothers and sisters in Christ to enter into, at times, the spirit of the world and instead of mutually preferring one another and, and walking in a willingness to lay down our lives for one another, to walk in all humility and all gentleness, we instead insist on our own way and we bite and devour to win our argument or win our point. And there's the old saying that you can, you can win an argument and lose your brother. And I think at times we have to remember that the evil one is at work. I might walk away from some debate feeling self-satisfied that I've mentally torn down every logical argument of my opponent and say, in a self-satisfied, prideful way, and this could be my temptation at times, well, I, I, I bettered this person in my logic, in my reasoning, with my perspective but not recognize that my poor brother or my poor sister could be languishing in pain because of the manner in which I approached interacting with them. And if that happens, even if we're right, we've dishonored God because we haven't walked in all humility and gentleness. And look at this also with patience. We're meant to walk with patience toward our brothers and sisters in Christ in the church. And that's the context here in Ephesians chapter 4. Paul's not talking here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit towards our perspective toward the lost. He's actually saying this is the way we need to interact with one another in the church. There needs to be patience. There needs to be, I I love this phrase, um, bearing with one another in love. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? Bearing with one another in love. There, there, there's going to be a call for all of us at all times in the life of any local church that we're ever a part of. And if you're a true Christian, you are called to be an active part of a gospel preaching local church. And we want to urge you to always be a churchman, a churchwoman, meaning your commitment to Christ gets fleshed out into vigorously and passionately joining Christ in what he's building on the earth. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. We want to be passionate about laying our hands to helping build what Christ is building on this earth, and that is his church. Um, the New Testament knows nothing of, of the Christian life apart from a local church in terms of, oh, I'm just a Christian, but I don't really care about church. I kind of, I, I go every once in a while, but I'm not committed. No, we all want to be committed to a local church, but as we're committed to a local church, there's going to be certainly a call to all of us to need to bear with one another in love because we're all in process. You all need to bear with me because I am not a perfect Christian. I am not a perfect pastor. Um, I have so far to grow as a Christian man. I've got so many areas that God's working on me with. Um, And as a Christian leader, 
Uh, there's so many areas where I need to grow in, 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 in glorifying Christ. And, so, and that'll be the case until the day I die. <laughs> until when I go to glory, we'll all be perfect. And there won't be the need of Ephesians 4, 1 through 5 when we're in heaven because we'll all do that naturally because there'll be no more sin. But here, there's a need for us to, to bear with one another yes. with patience and to recognize, oh, our brother, our sister, He's still coming along. She's coming along. And as we see their immaturities at times, or we see their, their, their sins or their failures, to not carry a, a spirit that is, is sinful toward them, but instead to have patience, gentleness, kindness, the fruits of the spirit. We want to meet other people's struggles with grace. We want to bear with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace for the glory of God. And so let each of us, when it comes to this matter, this very practical matter right now that we're all dealing with related to mass, um, to, to, to walk according to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 5 together. So please pray for John and I too. We, we, we have been getting counsel on this matter from other local churches and and also a lot of counsel from a lot of different people. And that counsel is different. The counsel we get sometimes is very strong counsel that you need to do this or you need to do that. And we're taking all of that respectfully into consideration. But please understand when we're making decisions as elders, we need to do what pleases the Lord. And, and it's going to be very hard to please everyone with the decision. But please know that our heart isn't to want to displease anybody. We, we want to bless all of you, but we're just aware that when you have differences of opinion, that's going to happen. So let us all, like uh, Ephesians say, walk in humility and also recognize, I want you to know that we can make mistakes as pastors. We may lead and make an error, make a mistake because we're fallen and fallible. God's word isn't, but we are as, as, as Christians. And um, that will require through the years at times a bearing with one another and, and bearing with us and, um, and, and all of us as brothers and sisters in Christ in the church, bearing with one another for the glory of God. Um, so I mentioned uh, we had a meeting last night about this. We got great counsel. Here's a few things coming out of it that I was hearing from the leaders. We need to make sure that we really strive for together as a church flowing out from Ephesians. I'm going to fly through some scriptures here. Um, so just track with me if, if you would. Um, Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Um, and th th this little sub point here is don't judge other people's motives is, is this little section here. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And so I think it's really important for us as we're just, you know, interacting with one another. And even as we gather together again for reopening, different people might have different perspectives on this. Um, if someone doesn't want to wear a mask, that doesn't mean that there is necessarily some ill motive that drives that. 
Not at all. Um, As we already mentioned, they may be concerned for their own health or the health of their loved ones. And that is a good thing. That's something we can give praise to God for. There's care in that. Um, If someone does want to wear a mask, um, to have a concern for their own health or the health of their loved ones, again, that's a very good thing. It doesn't mean, this is important, it doesn't mean that they're not trusting God or that they're walking in fear. Um, They may be walking in faith and love. Maybe even better than I am as a believer, they might be walking actually in a better spirit of Christ than me, but if I'm not careful, I can just look by outward appearance. And as Jesus commands us not to do, don't judge by outward appearance. We can just see and and judge that and say, I know what's going on there. Oh, I know what they're about. I think it's all of our tendency, sadly, in the flesh to, to kind of live that way. We've got to be different, though, as Christians. The world operates that way like that, and that's how they judge. I was uh, thinking about this this past week. My wife and my daughter went to the supermarket, and my wife had um, a, a mask on. She bent over to to get something out of one of the frozen food sections, and, and uh her mask, the the part of the mask that covers the nose kind of dipped down below her nose. And she had a woman get right up in her face and say, what you're doing right there with that going below your nose, that's not going to work. That doesn't work. Now, that woman wasn't socially distancing (laughs) in that moment. And uh, my wife said nothing of that. Um, And as the woman walked away, my daughter just said to my wife, mommy, why, why was that lady so mean to us? And I think there's so much of that out there. There's just this, I'm judging you. I see something. I saw this little tiny slip up and I'm on you. That's not the way a Christian should live. Um, Meanness is not one of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. No, it's kindness and gentleness and bearing with one another. If if someone's mask isn't being worn right, we want to be gentle and patient. We also want to trust God and, and, and walk in charity and Christian love. And I've had stories like that I've mentioned before with even my own interactions with people um, in the supermarket. And it's, it's so sad to see how much of that's out there. Let us be different in the church when it comes to um, making judgments and passing judgments on people. So let's not judge other people's motives. Um, let's not be judgy. As I learned on Lego Ninjago from Lloyd, that can hurt people as it hurt Lloyd in his school when the students were judgy. Um, By the way, Lego Ninjago, just shout out to that movie. Feel free, get that. Adults, get it, watch it, love it, enjoy it. It's so funny and and, and edifying. Um, (laughs) And so... It can hurt people. It can create disunity in churches. So let's not be a judgy church. Let's be a lovey church. I want, we, and we are, we are a very affectionate church family. And I love that about us. Let's fight against the tendency that's in all of our flesh to start to become judgy over time. And I think as the longer we're Christians, We've got to be careful because we've got to understand that the world is full of judgy people. 
And if we're constantly in that world, like I looked at last week with in the news or on social media, if you're constantly around angry, self-righteous, judgy people that are constantly like that, it does affect your spirit. The scripture actually exhorts us not to walk with, as a companion, an angry man. And the reason we're not to do that is because it'll, it'll influence you. Bad company corrupts good character. And we need to think of company. Company is not just the friends I choose to hang out with. Company can also be looked at as the music I listen to, the, the social media that I follow, the, you know, the podcasts that I listen to, the talk radio I listen to. If there's, if there's companions that cause our eyes to be turned away from Jesus and tempt us towards judginess, then I think we need to recognize God. I need to get back into Matthew chapter 7, 1 through 5, and make sure I marinate in the word so that I operate in the spirit of Christ and not in the spirit of the world. And uh, that's a really important uh, point for us. So we want people to say of our church family, Christ community, look at how they love one another. Yes. And, and, and church, there is so much evidence of that. But I think we do have a test next week and even how we interact with each other over this. It will be a test for us as well. So we're walking well. We love one another. But the Lord will put these sorts of tests in our path. And, and we need to interact with the Lord and say, God, please help me yes. to really pass the test, to, to be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace for the glory of God when it comes to these things. So, so uh, whatever we decide to do, um, let, let scriptural principles govern us. And let's strive to glorify the Lord. Um, I was meditating on 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I just want to read that together as a church family. So if you could just open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13 as well. I just want to read this because it's so vital for local church life for us to, to walk in this way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. You look at verse 1, um, that you can have great gifts, but if you don't have love, it's like taking two symbols and just crashing them together over and over. Imagine if I did that right now during the live stream, if I just kept crashing symbols against each other. I would imagine that we would want to turn the live stream off. And with good cause, it's irritating to our souls and our ears to hear clanging gongs and clashing symbols. And that's, it, there's an exhortation here for us as Christians. It's possible to be that. If we don't walk in love, um, if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If, and this is amazing. If I give away all that I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. There can be tremendous self-sacrifice and even... Uh, a great standing for the best of causes. And you can even be right in the cause that you're standing for. Mm -hmm. But if you have not love, you gain nothing. 
And so I think it's possible for us to even be taking a good stand on a good cause, but to not have love in our hearts operating. So brothers and sisters, we've got to be careful and not assume I'm walking in love, but ask myself again and again, am I walking in love? I want to walk in love as I'm, as I'm walking out my Christian life. Verse 4 says, love is patient and kind. Don't you love these verses? Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. If I'm ever being arrogant or if I'm ever being rude, I'm already in the wrong. Even if my cause is just. It, this is powerful, this one right here. It does not insist on its own way. Love does not insist on its own way. I think there's a great temptation for all of us to insist on our own way in this current climate with all kinds of issues that we're passionate about. It's not irritable. It's not resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. There's that connection with Ephesians 4. It bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, this is talking about Jesus' return, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. I can't wait to get there, can't you? Just to, It's all this will all be behind us and like seeing Jesus. I don't deserve to be there, but I can't wait to be there. I'm so thankful that he died for such a sinner like me. So amazed at his grace in my life. He's been so patient with me. I ought to be patient. I ought to be the most patient man toward everybody else in light of how patient and loving and kind he's been to me. Now I know in part, and then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith and hope and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Oh, so brothers and sisters, let us as Romans 15 verse 3 says, the strong should bear with the weak and not please themselves. And then the connection is just as Christ did not strive to please himself, but he was reviled. As he suffered on the cross, he suffered reviling and mocking, even as he was going to die on the cross for our sins. He was bearing the punishment for my sins. And the scriptural command is that in light of all that God has done for you, the strong should bear with the weak and not please themselves. And so my final exhortation is for all of us to to trust in God. To trust in God and be at peace. Um, 
for those of us who are understandably tempted toward fearing COVID, be encouraged, brothers and sisters, COVID is not in control. God is in control of your life and your health and your well-being. He determines the day of your birth and the day of your death. I remember an African preacher once saying that cancer didn't bring you into this world and cancer won't take you out of it. And likewise, COVID didn't bring you into the world and COVID can't take you out of it. And so God is in control and let us look to him and trust in him and be at peace in our souls. Um, also, trusting God, there's a, there's a peace also that I'm burdened about. Um, for all of us, trust in God with government. Um, this, this was a scripture that really just came on my heart as, uh, as I was fi- making final preparations. Um, in 1 Peter chapter 3, if you'll look there with me, 1 Peter 3, I just want to read verses 13 through 16 and then and then we'll be wrapping up for today be subject for the lord's sake to every human institution listen to that command be subject for the lord's sake to every human institution whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God, honor the emperor. The, these commands, and it's important to note this, I and mean, John and I were fellowshipping about this recently, and we were just talking about how the emperor, during the time of 1 Peter 3, was most likely Nero, who was burning Christians alive. And the command is coming from the apostle Peter to the Christians in Rome, Fear God, honor the emperor. How do you honor a man who is killing your brothers and sisters in Christ? That is certainly a more stark challenge than even what we're facing today in terms of temptation towards governors and toward leaders in politics and in government. We are commanded by God to be subject to our leaders. And also, as 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2 says, I love this, that that prayers and intercession should be lifted up. That's always a good heart check for me, brothers and sisters. Am I praying even for the politicians that I passionately disagree with on issues? I think it's possible for us to righteously protest Decisions that are made in federal or state or local government and to do it 
in a spirit of Christ. To, to stand up for righteousness and truth according to the word of God, but to do it in a way that's different than the way the world goes about it. And that's where I think, and the time might come, brothers and sisters, you think of Acts 5, verse 27, when the authorities told the apostles, you may not preach any longer in the name of Christ. Government telling Christians, you may not preach the name of Christ. And how did they respond? We must do what is right in the eyes of God and not man. So I want to just assure you, church, that John and I, and I know all of you, we we will stand on Scripture. If government ever calls us to do something that is against the clear teaching of Scripture, and, and, and like Acts 5 tells us not to preach any longer in the name of Christ or not to speak out against something that Scripture is clearly calling sin, and, and we must speak the truth in, 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 in those occasions, and they're telling us, no, you can't, or you will be punished, I pray that God will give us a spirit where we will go to prison if necessary for the sake of the cause of Christ, and that we would count that cost and sing hymns in the prison like the apostles do because we're rejoicing at being counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. Even if they beat us with rods and we're in prison bleeding, that we would stand for the truth. But let it be that we as Christians in Christ's community, if that day ever comes and we're in that prison cell, let it be that we likewise are singing hymns filled with the Spirit, filled with kindness and gentleness and patience and the love of Christ so that when the Philippian jailer sees it, him and his family get saved because he sees something so different in us. Because I think it's possible for us to even go to prison for a righteous cause and to be in the prison cell bitter and angry and self-righteous and in a spirit that is so far away from our Jesus, who willingly is laying down his life on the cross as the soldiers are mocking him and persecuting him during his greatest display of love. The world is not going to applaud us for standing up for the word of God and for the truth of the gospel. We need to have courage to stand in these days and to teach our children to stand firm upon the word of God and to be willing to count the cost and pay the price. But even as we do, I think, and you see this in Acts 5, there is something different about the way that they defy the government. We must do what's right in the eyes of God and not in man. There's a, there's a graciousness, even in the persuasion of the argument, there's there's not a coming at them with, I'd imagine that even after this moment happened, the apostles prayed for those who were persecuting them. Remember what Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. If the day ever comes where government overreach extends so far that they are actually attacking us and hurting us, doing bodily harm to us, killing us, I think that we can stand righteously against it in a spirit of prayer, fearing God and even honoring the emperor in our hearts and saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do like our Jesus. 
even as they're lighting the match to set us aflame. Because if we surrender our bodies to the flames but have not love, we gain nothing, church. And so those are magnificent issues, grander than anything we're facing right now with this issue. But I've been moved by this. Lord, help us in this day to be able to come together in the spirit of Christ over this issue, which I think we all would agree is much smaller of an issue than some of those epic moments that may face us yet in the future. Let us be faithful in little now that God might give us grace, church family, to be faithful in much later if it comes to that. By God's grace, may we stand in the spirit of Christ be fearless in the cause of Christ, but also gracious and kind to where even those who would be beating us would say, this is different, what I'm encountering here. And the reaction comes like the Roman soldier who looked up at Jesus after he gave up his life. And he said, surely this was the son of God. He saw something otherworldly. And our Savior's conduct. (laughs) And I fall short of this so often in my life. I want other people to see that in me as a Christian. When they look at me and they experience me. I want them to encounter, even if I disagree with them. I want them to encounter gentleness, humility, kindness, respect, love, compassion because of all that Jesus has given to me. May God give us grace and to excel in this. Yes. And if we do, the unbelievers that come into the midst of our church body, they are going to yes. tell that we are Christians yes. by our love. Yes. And so by God's grace, may we glorify him in this way let's pray together and as Tom comes back oh Jesus I just thank you for I thank you for who you are your grace your grace opens the way it empowers us to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel of the calling which we've received. Help us to walk worthy of you, Jesus. We can't do that in ourselves. Apart from you, we can do nothing. But I do pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be poured out on our church and that you would give us strength right now, that we might honor you and glorify you in every test that we face. And this this test here, I pray that we would glorify you in it. Every one of us as individuals, it we would meet the we would meet the world with grace we would meet our brothers and sisters in Christ with grace grace because we have received grace from you i ask you to empower us to that holy spirit and thank you so much jesus for your forgiveness and your shed blood on the cross for the many times we have fallen short in this 
thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, church. Can't wait to be together with you next week. Oh, God, the strength of all those who put their trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers. And because through the weakness of our mortal nature can do no good thing without thee, grant us the help of thy grace, that in keeping thy commandments, we may please you both in will and deed through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Go in peace. In Jesus' name.